My ideas come from seeing everybody else's different stories and different realities. Welcome to the Idea Generation Podcast, a show about creative entrepreneurship. My name is Noah Callahan-Bever, and each week we'll be speaking with some of the most innovative ideators in culture and trying to figure out how they make their creative decisions. This week, I'm talking to 17-year-old actress and executive producer Marseille Martin about landing her role on ABC's Blackish and her drive to create spaces in the film industry for black actors. This podcast is brought to you by the good people at Shopify. Feeling that entrepreneurial itch? Turn your passion into a business with Shopify. They've got everything you need to start, run, or grow your business. Check out shopify.com slash idea to learn more. In 2013, a nine-year-old in Dallas, Texas had an idea. Marseille Martin was enjoying a burgeoning career as a child actor, but felt that proximity was holding her back. So she and her family packed their things and moved to Hollywood. However, upon arrival, she learned that there were systemic challenges standing between her and the career that she felt she deserved. Undaunted, she redoubled her efforts until finally that first domino fell. And with that leverage, Martin set forth to build a more equitable path forward, not only for herself, but for other young women who looked like her. This meant developing her own starring vehicle and becoming the youngest executive producer in the history of Hollywood. Now, at 17, she has dozens of projects lined up through her own production company, creating a multitude of opportunities for herself and many other young black creatives. And it all started with one idea. We were taking holiday photos. That's how I started in acting, like just out of the blue. We were taking holiday photos for my grandparents because they, they love photos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to put up on uh, their their walls at the house. Um, no, we were taking holiday, holiday shots for them at this mall in Texas. And the photographer was like, turn left, turn right. And I guess I knew my left from right. So um, he was really surprised that I took direction very well. And... Um, told my parents, I'll give you a discount for these photos if you take her to this acting class. My parents are like, oh, okay, sure. Um, so the acting class was really just a hobby at the time because I was still in public school and I was doing cheerleading, track, hip hop dance. I was doing mostly everything. And um, acting class was just another hobby, just something I would do for fun, which I only did like two classes in like a whole semester. And um, no, at the end of the acting class, there was like this seminar thing where a whole bunch of agents would come in and like from L.A., a New York agent. It was just a bunch of different agents to see what the kids got from the acting class to see if they can be a part of the agency. And um, I was a part of it. But no one no one was like, are you sure? Like, Marcy don't really got. I don't know. She, she's only been here twice. We don't understand why she's here. And um, I think, no, it wasn't Marseille. It was Kayla at the time, because Kayla's my real name. Okay. Um, my full name is Kayla Marseille Martin, but they knew me as Kayla at the time. Um, Marseille wasn't a stage name yet. And um, no, they were really confused while I was there. They were like, um, she reads her scripts upside down. I don't think this is good for her. Um, so how, You're in first grade, second grade? Yeah, I was, I was six. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was still very young. And... Um, no, at this at this acting class or the seminar, they gave each person would get the same script, and but they would like throw different objects at them to see if they would stumble or stop at any at any time. Like I remember, I wanted to be the last kid. It was like at least fifteen kids in the class, and when it's like who's who's up next, the kid would come up. And I just waited. I waited to see what everyone else was doing, seeing how the agents were going to react. And I wanted to be last. So I just kept telling my uh, the teacher there, I was like, I want to be last. I want to be last. I want to just see. And I'm a very, I like to observe things. So um, I was the last person, did my thing, knew my lines, and uh, bounced the day in yoga ball. Like they, they were throwing just a whole bunch of stuff at me, and I just kept saying my lines to see if I, I would stop, and I didn't. And yeah, I ended up getting an LA agent. So that was cool. When you did that, did you like understand the stakes of what was involved at all? No, not really. I was just like, I'm here doing it for fun. 
That was, that was about it, though. Okay. So what, what was your first professional job? My first professional job, um, hmm, it was, I would say it was this modeling gig that I got from Neiman Marcus. And I was just taking photos and okay. I was just holding boots and smiling. So I would say that was my very first professional one. But commercial acting wise was this commercial for Choice Hotels. And um, no, I was just sitting on a luggage and I just said one line or two. And yeah. What was motivating you like in those early moments? Um, I really don't know. I think what motivated me was probably just how much I loved acting, like meeting different people. Probably the food, like catering. <laughs> just the really small things that kids would love and like. And for me, I have always been about meeting new people and being being a different person. Like I love different playing different characters. Like that's something I've always done ever since I was little. Was like act like someone else or uh, you know mimic movies or TV shows that I loved. Like, that was just something that I've always loved to do. So um, I think that's kind of what motivated me just to keep going. But, uh, yeah. Cool. And so I imagine you had a few of these lined up in a row and that prompted you guys to move to L.A.? Um, yeah, I mean, I was doing a lot of auditions from Texas. It was... It was very, it was very different. So we had a game room. Yeah, we had a game room in Texas and we had this like blue background and I would do like self tapes and then send them over to my L.A. agent. So, you know, they could send it over to the auditions. And um, no, my agent just called one day and was like, I think she just really needs to move here or like just be in L.A. more often because um, just her energy is different from if you see her in person. So. Um, that's that's really how it got started and how we moved here. And coincidentally, my dad's job um, relocated us here anyway. So it was like, do we want to make this move? And um, if they relocate us again, like, do we want to stay? Like, it was more of those conversations. But um, we had that talk when I was I was eight. I was eight at the time, like seven or eight. And they were like, you want to do this? You want to move? Because... At the time, it was more of just like things I would do for fun, and and it was just that. But moving to LA would really mean like I would be doing this for for another reason. It's it's, it's work. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I just was like, sure, yes. Did you feel any pressure, or like not obviously from your parents, but just did you understand that that moving was going to be like okay, we're going to pick the whole family up, and it's all going to be based on me fulfilling this thing no i don't think so and i think if i knew that i wouldn't do it (laughs) um i would still probably be in texas but no i i didn't feel any pressure i didn't know the stakes or what i was getting myself into it was just more of like i i like doing this for fun and i'm just gonna keep moving forward in it so okay what was that audition process like once you got to la and you started having to do these in person it was a routine. I was used to it. But looking back at it, I don't know how I did it because I was going for a lot of auditions. Um, but at the same time, it was hard to get any because I was just, the, it, you know, there wasn't a lot of young black talent out there. And in scripts, they would describe how they want the character to look like. And um, it definitely wasn't me, but I would still go in to the auditions But, um, yeah, I mean, it was more of like a routine, more of something that I was used to doing until Blackish. Okay. So. Were you emotionally invested when you were doing these? Like, did you want to get the role or was it more just like, okay, this is part of the process. We just do this. Um, I think it was like a mix of both. At the time when I was like way younger, I would think that me going in for the audition would mean that I got the role. It was it was so funny. It was like I got it, and my mom was like, "Girl, no, there's like other other girls out here." 
Like, you can't say that you got it. Like, there's people that are doing this, too. So, um, no, I've always had the mentality of, like, I, I was confident in myself. And I was just like, yes, I, I, I got it. So. Did you have those experiences, like, in the waiting room with all the other kids that are sort of trying to fit in the same type? Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like as as a young black actress, there's only so many of us, like there's handpicked of us. So I would just see every single other black girl in each audition. Just like, hey, how you doing? Because there's, there's, there wasn't a lot of us like at all. So um, no, I feel like it was kind of the same thing for everyone else. Your parents, what, what was their sort of professional background? Uh-huh. Well, my um, my dad was in the car business for a very long time. Um, I think in, I think finances, but like in car finances. But um, is that right, Daddy? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but my dad was in the car business. And then my mom had lots of different jobs at the time. She, she had three different jobs, but... Um, the one that I saw often was her in American Airlines, but she used to work from home. Okay. And she would be on phone calls, a phone calls, a phone call, just sitting in our home office. And that's just something that she'd do all the time. And my dad was usually um, not home until like 11 p.m. ish. So I would try to stay up <laughs> so just so I could see him because I probably wouldn't see him when I like woke up for work. And um, no, it was it was it was very difficult at the time. So, but so so nobody has entertainment experience or like history. No, really. not really. Um, my grandpa was a a promoter, like a music promoter for like Marvin Gaye and all them people, but um, but not really like actor act. You know, yeah. I didn't really know that until later on that like Janelle Monae and. Uncle, Uncle Phil, Philip Bailey in from Earth, Wind, Fire. Like, I didn't know they were really connected to me until I was older. But at the time, it was like my immediate family wasn't, no. Okay, so you guys are all figuring it out sort of as you go. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. It, like, legit acting was just a coincidence. It was just like, sure, let's go for it. And then the more I did it, the more I found a true passion for it. So... So did it feel different when you read for Blackish? It did feel different, just a little bit, because I did a lot of auditions for Blackish. Um, to go back a little bit, it was like I said, it was like routine doing auditions every now and then, and it was it was such a routine that I didn't know what I really got and what I didn't get. Okay. It was like, oh, I didn't get that. Oh, okay. okay. Whatever, you know, just move on to the next thing. But um, so Kevin Hart had this pilot and it was like the untitled Kevin Hart project. And I was supposed to go in for it and audition for it. And the same time I got that sent over, we got something called the untitled Anthony Anderson project. And we were like, oh. okay, we love we love both of them. They're so great. So um, we I. I think if I remember, we went in for both the Anthony Anderson project and we were like, oh, okay, cool. So, and I went in for the callback and then they asked for me again. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, we, we keep doing this over and over again. And um, it was the same sides, but just different people I was presenting it to. Okay. And um, no, then we, then I knew like the, I think it was like the first or second audition that I was going to go in with my twin that I was going to be um, playing with, which is like Jack and Diane. Mm-hmm. So cause since Diane is a twin, they wanted us to do like these chemistry tests with whoever was going to be Jack. And um, yeah, so I go into the audition. I think it's like the second audition. And um, it's me and Miles, who plays my twin brother now on Blackish. And it was it was just a different experience. It was like I never I never done this before, but it's crazy that I've gotten this far. It was really it was really fun at the time. And then um then I realized how close I was probably to getting it. I was like, wait, so am I gonna get this? Am I not? And um then I heard that Jack was already booked, so Miles already got the role. They're still looking for their Diane though. 
And I was like, okay. <laughs> so they they do another thing called a screen test, which is like the very last one. And um, this is when I just learned about what a screen test was because I didn't really audition for TV shows at the time. I was auditioning for mostly commercials. Okay. So I never went this far in the TV, like television world. And I was like, what's going on? So with the screen test, I it was like five other people that are going for Diane. And that's very different because in the beginning, it was like at least 20 Mm-hmm. 20 of us in a room. So now it's like down to like five, four or five. And um, no, I go in and Anthony's there. Um, I think all the producers are there. Kenya, the creator of the show, is there. And it's just, it's a, it's a moment. It's and this like, is the first time you're meeting any of these people? It's the first time I'm meeting all of them at once. Okay. So in the beginning, it was like the casting director and like her assistant. And then going into it, it was... Just more and more people the more it went on. And with this one, it was like dimmed lights, a bunch of people, like it, like a movie theater kind of, like a mini movie theater and everyone's sitting there and you're in like the center. And it was very intimidating. I was like, okay, what's going on? And I'm nine at the time. So I'm kind of like, I'm just going to do what I've been doing the past couple of auditions. It's just be me. The do what I do and see what happens because whatever happens happens. I'll just keep doing auditions like I've been doing. So, um, the one thing I knew about Anthony though was that my birthday is August fourteenth and Anthony's birthday is August fifteenth. So I was like, that's what I'm gonna tell him because I just like I love getting to know that we like have something in common. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tell Anthony, I'm like. I just want to let you know that I'm a Leo too, and your birthday is a day after mine. And it's so it's so awesome. And I'm finished with the audition. I open the door, and Anthony's like, "Don't tell the girls you got the job." And with my mentality, I was already thinking like, with all the other past auditions I've done, it's like, oh, I already got the job. But with this one, it's like, wait, what? Like, what's going on? My mom's like, hey, don't. Don't, don't do that. He's a jokester. It's whatever. Whatever happens, happens. But if you don't get the job, don't, don't, don't be upset. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, but like, then after we went to BJ's and that's when I found out I got the part. They literally called and were like, hey, you, you're not here. And we're like, ah, oh my God. Um, so that was, that was the best moment. After getting bit by the acting bug at a young age and relocating to Los Angeles to pursue her dreams, Martin made her name playing the role of Diane Johnson on ABC's Blackish. She could have just stuck to the script, but she took things a step further by adding personal details to the character. However, bringing Diane Johnson's character to life only scratched the surface of her creative ambitions. How did you think about like the character and taking on the character as a nine-year-old? Honestly, I felt excited because um, the more I the more I grew up, the more I felt like Diane grew up as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, with scripts, they give like characteristics of the person that you'll be portraying, but you really don't know what the character is like until you are the character and you kind of just build it on your own. So. Um, it was a cool, I would say that was my very first creative process because even my facial expressions, my stare downs, to, they made it even more like Diane. Diane is like an amazing character, like a, a very impactful character, not just for me to play, but for other young black girls out there. So even um, my glasses, because I, I don't wear contacts. Even, even back then I was like, I'm not wearing contacts. I love my glasses. They knew like... Diane with the glasses. So it was uh, it was really cool. It's like the little details that matter, so. Did you sort of like build out this world in your head around the character or how, how did you sort of think about it? Actually, I, I kind of did. I, I made up her birthday, like I made up her birthday, I made up her favorite color, I made up the, the people that she would listen to, like music wise, it was kind of like, since it was my very first time really getting to not only be a character for so long, mm. but to have this this whole like this whole like family base too. Like she has this amazing mom, she has a doctor mom, she has um, this dad that's in advertising. Like it was just 
a background story already. So just to build upon that was probably the best part for me, so. What were the biggest challenges to shooting that first season? Um, Probably getting to know everybody. Um, usually, I mean, with commercials, it's just like you're there for like an hour and then you're, you're gone. But with this one, you have to really get to know your crew, um, know like the people, like your cast. And um, it was, it was kind of easy, but in, in the pilot, it was, that was the toughest part was like trying to get to know your surroundings and all that. But um, the more we grew as a season, it was, it was pretty, pretty easy going. So you land the role in Blackish, and fairly shortly thereafter, you end up getting the development deal or the production deal with Universal. Yeah, basically what happened was we knew that Blackish was coming to an end on its first season. And usually when first seasons, you know, they we don't really know because it's so early. I was going to say, did you guys have a sense that it was a hit yet or? Honestly, I didn't at the time because there was so much backlash behind the title of it. Yeah. Of like just Blackish. A lot of people were like, Blackish? Wait, what does that even mean? So I didn't know where we we're standing at that, but I, I I thought it was fun. It was a fun show, um, so I was like, whatever happens, happens. But regardless, it was a great adventure. That's where I was at it. But at the time, you know, usually with things that come to an end, we just go back to the auditioning process. Um, you know, there's a hiatus after every show. You know, when we go on a break, and we talk to our agent. Um, so we're like, hey, what's going on? Um, Black is coming to an end. How's the auditions going? Is there anything that we can um, go in for? And our agent's like, oh, no, you should just stick with Blackish. Blackish is a hit and, and you know, take some time off and relax. And we're like, are you, are you sure? Because this isn't, this isn't normal. I was like, are you sure you want to do this? And um, they're like, oh, no, no, sure. Like, it's, you're, you're just fine. So... We go into a meeting with them, like all the agents. Um, we sit down on this table, me, my mom, my dad, and we're going into this meeting thinking like, oh, so they have a whole bunch of stuff coming for us. Like we like we about to we about to really hit the bank again. Mm-hmm. And no, we sit down with them and it's like stacks of like papers and they go through and they're just really saying all the things that I'm not. It, like all the things that they don't have young black girls being in. Uh, there's an alien in this one. There's a dog in this one, but there isn't any black girls. And in my head, I'm thinking, if I if there's nothing for me to be a part of, how are all the other young black girls out there that are striving to um, be in this industry? Like, where where are they at? Because I'm I'm in the same circle. So. Um, Basically, we were like, well, how about we create something? And they just looked at us like, okay. They were like, um, sure. They really just laughed at us. And we just looked at each other and we were like, okay, we, 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 we know what to do. So we fired them. And as soon as we got home, we just went to work without knowing we were going to work. And we sat in our living room. We watched Big by Tom Hanks. And we just created a film right then and there. We were like, what if we do um, nothing like this, but just the fantasy part of it all is what I love. So how about we do this do this film where she's like a boss lady, and but she turns into her old, her younger self. And that's really how little came to be. How long did, did that process take? Of uh, creating the film, creating the film, or like having a premise for it? Getting it to the place where you could like pitch it. At first my mom was like, don't tell anybody about this project because we want it, we want to make sure it's great. And um, you know, we were, we were kind of rookies at everything. But um, the last, literally like the last um, scene for Blackish before wrapping out the whole first season, Sean Diddy Combs was our guest star and was talking to Kenya Barris, the creator of the show, and well, the creator of Blackish. And my my dad just went in and was like, 
yo, like, sorry, I, I, I can't, I can't, like, break up this conversation, but I got to break up the conversation. And started talking to Kenya and was like, we got this dope idea for you. Totally breaking the rules of what my mom said, but I guess it was worth it. Um, <laughs> so uh, Kenya, right then and there, was like, oh, I, lo- I love this idea. Let's call Will Packer. And Will Packer is, um, of course, the CEO and kind of the mastermind of all Black Hollywood, really. And um, no, just called Will Packer right then and there and was like, we got this dope idea for you, um, Marseille and her family. And Will was like, okay, that, that's dope. Send him into the office. And after that, we heard absolutely nothing from them for a very long time. It was like four months at that. And I think right in the middle of the hiatus, we were like, so didn't we create a movie or something? And I wonder where that's at. Um, but still then, I was doing like auditions for things. At this time, I... Um, I'm not like popping, popping, but I was doing like press for for Blackish, and um, I had voiceovers, just stuff I was doing less less on the audition side. Now was the show on TV by the time you guys wrapped? That's the first season. Um, yes. Okay. Yes, by the time we wrapped the finale, uh, the earlier episodes were on TV. So was that surreal as you started to? become a famous person um that was that was kind of crazy i never still to this day i do not consider myself famous i do consider myself successful but not famous um i don't i I don't know it's just i think because it's me Mm -hmm. like i know all like my flaws my ups and downs the roller coasters that i go through it's hard to consider myself like a, a public like a popular person I'm just doing what I love, you know? So, um, yeah. So then four months go by, and then they reach back out. Yes, four months go by, and Will calls us, Will Packer, and it's like, oh, you you guys never went to the office. Like, what happened? We're like, I don't know. What happened? So that was uh, the open door to start up everything again, and um, we realized we needed... Um, a writer. So Kenya Bears talked to Tracy Oliver, which is the writer of Little. And no, we went into this like Waffle House right next to Will Packer's office before we went in. And um, we just went through the pitch a couple times, um, tried to get familiar with it. And um, we did rewrites and all that type of stuff. So I think it took about after Will called us, it was like another month or so to get back into it. And let me tell you, Little was very different from how the the final product was. It was really? like I, I like a, a cupcake that the little girl found, and it was at Disneyland because since we worked for Disney, we just thought maybe they'll like this, and it was it was very very heavy on the fantasy of it all. Okay. Um, but yeah, we of, of course it got changed, but. At the time, that was the pitch. And we we went into, I think we went into, yeah, Will Packer. And then Will Power Packer was like, this is dope. Let's move on to Universal. And we're like, Universal, really? So since Will Packer has this first look deal with Universal as well, that was the first thing we went towards. And um, at this time, I didn't feel no nerves, nothing. Really? Nothing like it was it, it kind of felt like an audition because okay. you're meeting new people and you're telling them your thoughts and your creative mind. And just here I was like, I'm just talking to some homies and at this very big table. It is just like, hmm, what's up? So I came in with my, my swoop bang and a bun and a tiny little blazer. I'm now how, how old is I? I'm, I'm now 10. So, like most people pitching movies, like most people, you know, come in at 10, probably with some different hairstyles. No, it was it was very different. But I didn't know at the time. But um, yeah. And then that, that's how it happened. So we, we pitched it to Universal and I, I said a few lines there just to give um, people an idea of what it would be like of me playing the character. Um, so 
45 minutes go by we're back home and we get the call that they want they want it they want little so that's that's how it went and did you have the title also at that point yeah i think we had the title we had the title then because yeah it, it made sense <laughs> So then how involved were you in the process of sort of developing the film and taking it to a place where it has a complete script? Looking back at it, I was pretty involved, um, mostly in the visual parts of it. Um, how so? Because I'm, I'm a very visual person, so I like the style I wanted the fashion to be there. Because um, if we're talking boss lady, I really wanted her to like look like a boss. And with my Leo energy, I was like, I got, I got to make sure this looks sleek and nice and clean. So um, just different fittings, probably mostly heavy on the lines that I was going to be saying. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's about it. It was it was my first time. So in producing, literally, I learned what producing was. While I was like, <laughs> while I was on set, I was like, oh, so I'm, I'm like, kind of like doing this behind the scenes thing too. And what does a producer do? Yeah, so um, a producer kind of helps, I think, pro provide uh, what the film can do. Like even with um, from from camera work to hair and makeup, from lines to mostly everything, it helps. Um, and the creative process in like one of the top tier, like most heaviest ways. So um, for me, it was also my first theatrical film. So I was trying to understand me being an actor in a theatrical space while being behind the scenes and making sure things are going to plan. And that was tough. Not satisfied with just having a starring role on a hit sitcom and frustrated by the lack of opportunities for black actors, Martin, along with the support of her parents, began making industry moves. Her first project was Little, a movie she starred in and produced. At just 14 years old, she became the youngest executive producer in Hollywood history. While balancing her role on Blackish, she also started her own production company, Genius Productions, as a vehicle for black talent. How is it different to work on a film versus TV as an actor? It's very different because with movies, they they change it right then and there. Like they want different takes of it all. But with TV, there's you have, um, you still have script rewrites with movies, but with, with TV, it's, it's a little different because the sides and the script is already like planned and they went through it a couple times. Mm -hmm. So there's not a lot of changes at the moment that you're filming, but with movies, it's like they'll change a paragraph and make it to a totally different one. And you kind of have to memorize it in like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. And you're like, oh, um, hold on, slow down. So it was it was a lot at the time, but even reshoots too, like reshoots are really tough. And you don't really get that often in TV. Um, reshoots could be like a month or two after, and it just, this is hard. Is it difficult to get back into that place that you were? Or? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. With Little, it, was, it wasn't because we, we've worked on it for so long that I already was like kind of used to it. So it was, it was different. I know that, that character is definitely more pronounced than uh, your character on, on uh, Blackish. Mm -hmm. Was it fun to sort of push it a little further? was fun um mostly because diane she's she's like evil and cheap mischievous in her own way but she's still a kid with this i'm playing an adult so i was like okay so i i i, I have like an old soul and i have a very mature mind so i i knew the ad-libs like just different things i could say and what what i think the writers would like and um, no, I'm a very, I'm a very like open, wild person when it comes to that. So it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. Was there any process of like working with Regina to like study so that you guys could mirror each other or that kind of thing? Actually, no, not at all. Um, I've worked with Regina on Blackish, so I knew her sarcasm and all of that. And I was a big fan of her before I even met her. So I knew what she 
was good at. Mm-hmm. And no, she's just she's like the sweetest, the sweetest gem. And I think it was more of her watching me. Cause of course, like you're looking at your younger self to see what you can grow into. So um also with that too, I had to leave to go back to blackish at the at the end of little. So they shot the the work stuff, the Regina and Issa scenes after they were done with mine. Oh, okay. So I had to go back to back to LA because we shot in Atlanta. So um, yeah, it was different. Did you enjoy having uh, like a greater hand in the creative and control over? I loved it. That's why we created uh, Genius Entertainment. <laughs> like I, I I realized how how cool it was and how surreal it felt. Cause even at that, we we shot this one scene when Jordan, my character and Little realizes that she's young again. And that exact scene is what me and my parents made up when, after our, uh, after our meeting with our agents, like that exact scene, like we were like, she's gonna be in the mirror. She's gonna have this oversized pajamas, like, Every single detail was there. And this being just being in that same thing, it felt like a dream, like like deja vu in a way. And just everything that we talked about was kind of spoken into existence. And it was just the most craziest, surreal feeling I've ever felt. It was kind of like exhilarating in a way. And I was like, if I can do more of this, that'd be Dope. I was gonna say, did this reframe your own ambitions? Yeah, it it really did, and it just opened up my creative mind in so many other ways. Cause you know, it's it's something that you don't get often, like a feeling like that. So having so having that every now and then is uh, pretty amazing with the things that we create. So, so I guess the film comes out; it's successful. Mm-hmm. And that is, you leverage that into the uh, production deal? Um, yeah, so we talked to Universal, and then that's kind of how, like, the first look deal came to be. And, um, no, we, we really were just talking to talking to them and just telling them all the other ideas that we have and that there's so many more out there and how we want to introduce more, like, black talent and really um, just open up the doors for so many more people and so many more young young talent and um that that's how it happened and it was it was pretty dope that's yeah so when you think about genius do you have a an explicit mission for the kinds of films that you want to take on um i've always said i wanted to try everything like drama and sci-fi and all of that the cool thing is the leverage that I got was comedy is the hardest thing an actor can ever do. I don't care what no one says. Making someone laugh is the toughest thing. And doing that every week is also tough. So being on Blackish for as long as I was on was was crazy. And but it was it was pretty cool that I did that first because I kind of like knocked out the hard stuff. So, um, no, trying out drama and all of that is something that I've been leaning towards recently. Do you see yourself producing films where you are not the star? Oh, yeah. Yeah, most of the time. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm doing that now. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't plan on doing this forever, and this this being this being acting for okay. like a little bit. I, I love I love it. But of course, you want to work, work hard now so you can play later. So that's that's where I'm leaning towards. So when you retire at 21, when I retire at 21, you got it. When I retire at 21, I can, you know, just be free and do whatever I want and just kind of travel and you know, kind of hang with family and all that. That's that's my main goal. But um, no, I think I, I I can also create in so many different ways. And I feel like I'll still be producing and creating content, but I just can pick and choose what I want to be in. Do you have interest in 
directing, for example? Actually, yeah, I do. Um, I'm trying to figure out the right project I can do that at, but I'm grateful that I can have options. <laughs> like, there's so many things that we have um, coming up in the pipeline that um, I can see myself directing and actually helping, helping like mentors on. So. So I guess your parents are your business partners and your manager, correct? Um, no, they're not my managers. Um, my mom was my momager for a little bit, but, um, we, yeah, we quickly realized that I, I want, when I talk to my parents, I want them to be in a standpoint of not them being my, like not, not me being their clients, but no, they're them being like my actual my actual parents. You know, I want them to um, be in a different side of the industry. So, if that makes any sense. How do you navigate? You have these the dual relationships of business partnership, and then where you are sort of the leader, and then obviously being the child, where you're somewhat subordinate. I don't know. It's like I I think of Genius being more of a family company. Um, but it's just where I make the decisions, <laughs> but it's, it's like, we, you know, but it's like a family, it's a family unit. So honestly, it's a tough question to answer. Cause it's like, it's honestly no different. Um, whether we're talking about what's next in school versus what we're talking about with our next four films, it's the same conversation. So it's. It's it's a different it's it's not a different feeling. Um, I think that's what I love about my parents is that they still young, they still know the moves and stuff, and like they still understand me, and that's what I love. And I think they they can, they're my best business partners. So. Have you ever had a big idea but lacked the tools to implement it? Look no further than Shopify. Shopify is the brand that powers all your favorite clothing, beauty, and sneaker brands and offers the best-in-class commerce tools to allow you to sell online, in person, and on all major social platforms. Shopify fuels millions of entrepreneurs and turns ambition into action. Check out shopify.com idea to learn more. Now back to the story. You were saying that um, you have the next four films teed up. Pretty much. You're now about to be 17 years old. So yeah. this will keep you busy for what, the next three years, roughly? Next three, three to four years, probably. Yeah. Um, Is it intimidating to have that much time like blocked off in advance? Mm, no, not really. I'm actually pretty hyped. Um, Mostly because as a child actor, you're always trying to look for, if you really want to be in this industry, you're trying to look for your next project. And it can be so stressful. But with us, we, we try to plan for the future. So I don't, I, don't have that, I don't have that problem, which I'm very grateful for. Um, of course, there's still stress amongst like, keeping it like moving forward, making sure things are on track because you're working on a project that may not even be out for like the next four, five years, you know, but it's still, um, you know, you still know what you want to do, which is cool. You're going into your late teen years and sort of a very pivotal moment where you will emerge as an adult, right? Yeah. Have you and your folks talked about sort of strategies or thoughts about how you're going to tra- make that transition both on a personal level and also professionally? Yes, we, we've, we've talked about it. Um, there's, there's different things that we like, we, we kind of talk about it like all the time, but um, I think it's more of just the brand and the business and how we want to move forward in that. But um I'm still trying to learn and find myself, so I'm not trying to like rush anything like most people do sometimes, and it can really mess them up in the long run. So um, no, I, at the moment I'm kind of just staying in the present, just doing what I love, and maybe something comes up where I want to be in that route. But um, regardless, it's just looking forward and just fig- figuring out like 
what I want to do next. But I t- I kind of just like to stay in the present and see. If you could articulate, what what do you what do you think your brand is in a sentence? You know, I feel like there's a difference between what people see my brand being and what I think my brand is. Um, what I think people see my brand being is in a sentence. Um, yeah, I think it doesn't need to be a sentence. Got it. It ain't gonna be a paragraph. I know that's for sure. But it, <laughs> you know, I think it would be um, hmm, probably just a, a leader for not just black girls but the generation trying to innovate. In China, like move, move forward, and trying to change the how people see the industry and um, open up new and brighter ideas and um, fresher topics. Do you have a mentor? Um, the right answer should be yes, but I don't. Not not in the industry. No, um, there's a lot of people that I know. Um, that loves to give me like advice and all that, but not not a not a true mentor. No. Um, the thing is with with people in the industry, I have like trust issues. Yeah, but in the in the industry, I like to keep my circle like tight. And um, why is that? I don't know, cause there's like a lot of fake people. That's it. It's just like I like to be prepared. So that's about it. What would you say is like the key that keeps you and your parents so grounded? Mm-hmm. Probably uh, that we're always around family and our support system is people that like won't turn on us or make sure that like they, they make sure that we're good, like always. Um, I would say I'm around more of my cousins and my aunties and my uncles more than like people in in the industry sometimes, which is definitely like a good help. And I think that's what keeps me grounded. And um, yeah, and probably like my mentality as well, since I don't really see myself being as uh, like as like a famous person. Um, I see myself as just regular Kayla sometimes. I think that's the cool thing too, is like with family and friends, I'm, I'm Kayla. But out here, I'm like I'm Marseille Martin, which is, in my in my ways, different. I mean, I know it's it's in some ways just a stage name. Yeah. But do you think of Marseille as a character that is somehow discreet from Kayla? Um. Yes and no. Um. I like to. Well. I like to sprinkle a little Kayla into my Marseille sometimes, because I think that's just what makes it natural and notifies people that like you are I am human so um yeah uh, yes and no I I feel like my boss mentality comes in friendships also too like making sure like my responsibilities are there so it's like a it's like a good balance I would say but there definitely is a brand and a business to Marseille Martin when did that really come into focus for you Last year, probably in quarantine, when there's absolutely nothing to do. Um, I mean, and also that comes with like social media, too, because um, obviously when you look at someone's, someone's account, it's like that's them. Like that's their that's what they want to show. So with Marseille Martin, I had to quickly learn that it's it's like a business and you are showing what you're like, kind of like what your future holds and like what your next moves are. And that's really what social media is. And um, that kind of grew upon just social media, but just the industry, my brand. She might consider herself an old soul, but Martin is still only 17 years old. Despite her age, she's been able to play a character on TV, produce a hit movie, and start her own production company, the type of accomplishments many would consider a successful career. But for Martin, she still aspires for more, 
plotting a bright future while learning from her mistakes. What are the things that you look for when you a script falls on your desk? Um, I kind of look for an aesthetic. I'm, ve I'm very much into like aesthetic things, which is, I think I get that from Pinterest. But it's, uh, yeah, I, lo I love things that have a true um, story to it and not just the lines, but what the background will be, what the visuals will be. I'm very into um, camera visuals. So making sure the intro is like drives you into something and um, like into a different world because you want to go into the movie theater in a different space, you know, getting out of reality for a little bit. And um, yeah, that's that's what I'm really into is like the intros to stuff. Because the intros, I want to tie into the credits. Because I love credits. I love, love credits. And I get really disappointed when the credits is just a black screen with uh, <laughs> words going Easter down. Yeah, I love the I love the Easter eggs. I love, um, I just love things that you just don't see often. That you just remember moving forward in your life. Like leaving the theater and you just remember the small details in films. That's what I love. So. What are the films that you've watched recently that you are that are sort of inspiring you? Ooh, um, let me think. I loved Cruella. Have you seen Cruella? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. I love that film. Is it six-year-old appropriate? In a way. <laughs> How the mom dies is insane. I'm like, wait a minute. Um, okay, Disney Plus. But, um... I think so. My my sister watched it. She loves Gorilla. But um was it the aesthetic that I, yeah. I understand it has a very sort of like pointed yeah. cinematography and Yeah, it's it's really beautiful. Um and it's not like it's not even dark in a way that I thought Corella would be, but it's it's more of her 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 story before she became a villain. And it shows like an, another side of her, which I love. And it's just, it's so, it's so beautiful. It's so nice. It was at first, it was like shot like a comedy in a way. It, it was kind of shot like a, a single cam and then it moved into something different. It was, just, it was really nice. And the music, very much in the music, um, heavily on it. So I really want to make sure any type of stories that we have moving forward connects to music in some type of way. When you watch TV and film, is it possible for you to still enjoy it as a fan, or are you like hyper conscious of like all the little creative decisions that are being made? And ooh, but can you get lost in? <laughs> um, yeah, I can still get lost in a film just a little bit. But if I see one little mess up or like a continuity thing. If, like, if there's a Starbucks. If there's a Starbucks tree <laughs> like in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, just something like that. But I was watching this one film and there was like a cocktail drink. And I was really into the film. I loved it. And I looked at the drink and it had like four shrimps on it. And then they cut and went back to that same thing and it had no shrimps on it. And I was like, what is that? So, like, it's just the little details that get me thrown off. And then next thing you know, I was just looking at all of the mess-ups in the film. And I was like, oh, wait, what? So, um, yeah, I can still look at it as, as a fan. But um, when I see one thing that's just, just out of the blue, um, like a mess-up, mm -hmm. then, I, then I really get into, like, the strict stuff of it. But it depends, though. Because sometimes I watch movies strictly just for... Um, films that I'm supposed to see that can relate to something that we're about to create or just something like that, but it depends. Okay. So yeah, what is, t take me through your process when you're developing an idea. Ooh, um, okay. Well, first, when I, if I create an idea, then I talk to my, let's just say film. I talk to my head of film and we look for writers. We immediately start looking for writers and we'll just send out um, just this like short little outline of what we think. It can be very 
very detailed as as much as he wanted, but just a, a clear plot. And then being like, well, for example, there's this girl with a dog or just something like that. And um, then we talk to a whole bunch of writers and then we'll just pick out of like, let's just say 10 of them. We'll pick like five that have a good take on it. And it can be totally different than all the other ones. Like, um, different names, different stories, any of that. And then we talk to like those five writers and um, we just listen to every take. And then we go and pick which take that we like the best. And then we move forward with that writer. And then the writer goes in with a pitch. And then the pitch, um, then there's like, they run, they run through that pitch with us. Then we do rewrites on the pitch. And then there's like a whole bunch of Zoom meetings with practice pitches and all that. And then... Um, what, what is the key to a successful pitch? Oh my gosh. A key to a successful pitch? Um, the main thing when it comes to a, a great pitch is definitely the tone of it. You want to make sure it's not going all over the place. Um, making sure it's straight to the point because obviously when you do a pitch, it's most likely going to get changed already, like with script rewrites and all of that. So we want to make sure it's straight to the point. Um, people don't get lost in the in um, the pitch. So making sure that it's kind of short and sweet. Um, I like it to be, with me, I have a really short attention span, believe it or not. So <laughs> I'll I'm, I'm kind of shocked by that. Yeah, I mean, if it's something that I'm really into, then you, you got me. But... Um, that also helps too, because I'll just be like, excuse me, I got lost. Let's kind of cut this down a little bit. So making sure that uh, a pitch doesn't go farther than a, at least like 20 minutes, because um, they'll definitely ask questions after whoever we're pitching it to. So we want to make sure they're open for any types of conversation so we can get another open door to be deeper into the film and talk to them more about it. Um, I like when they ask questions. It makes them interested. So um, I like to open up that door for them. Um, but those are like the two, those are the two main things for me. Um, also with that too, I love casting. I love looking ahead. So do you see the characters in your head? Okay. Yeah, I see the characters in my head and um, always I want, I want that strong black lead. Um, making sure um, whatever whatever they're in is it makes sense. Um, with most of our films, it's not it doesn't always have to be like a black lead, but just someone with a different story than what we've heard in the past hundreds of years. Um, yeah, so I mean it 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 takes a lot, but as soon as we get it, it's so easygoing, and then we talk to a whole bunch of different platforms and. Um, then we pick a platform and we're there. So. When you look at this first leg of your career, are there any challenges or mistakes that you have, you feel like you've made along the way? Yes, a lot of them. Um, ooh, I would say I'm not, I'm not as great at public speaking. Like I, I, I refuse to do TED Talks. They just seem really hard because um, I can get in my own head sometimes and I'm a very big overthinker. So that can that can mess me up sometimes when it comes to like even speeches for like awards and stuff. Really? Um, yeah, there was this one there was this one award show. I think it was I think it was I think it's like the Trumpet Awards. I think that's what it's called. But um yeah, it's very that that shows it's very black. It's very black. You know, the, all the aunties and stuff were there, and they're the most critical. They like, they they you know they 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 want to protect the the baby, and I'm the baby, so they want to make sure I'm straight. But um, any like mess ups or something I do, you know, it can it can kind of damage me in that right. So it's a little tough. But anyways. Um, I just got off of work that day and I was tired. I was so sleepy, but um, I didn't know who was presenting my award. And I just, I just, I, I'm kind of fearful of the things that I don't know what I'm expecting. Like if I don't know what to expect, then I'm a little stressed out and nervous and I have really bad anxiety. So I 
panic a lot. So that's that's the thing that can build up to a lot of mistakes. Um, How do you sort of navigate your anxiety? Um, usually music or sleep or doing something before I get into something crazy or not or something that I get nervous about. Um, like doing something that makes me feel good, like maybe hanging out with friends before going into an interview or just like, you know, something like that. Um, making sure that I'm in a calm headspace before walking in, because if I'm in a rushed um, mental state, then it's it's really hard for me to like be calm. So even even at the at the trumpet awards, I was finished with working and all of that. I had no idea what to expect, so I was super nervous. And then I realized Anthony was presenting, or my award, like was gonna give out the award to me. And for some reason that made me even more nervous, cause- Even though you worked together- Even though we worked together for about like a long time, it, it still made me nervous because they've seen me grow. Mm -hmm. So, I just wanted to make sure I was like good in the best way for them. And like in anybody that I've worked with like for that long. Cause I I had a speech written down. And not, not necessarily like a speech, but like I had like little bullet points. But I don't like looking at like written speeches sometimes. Like, cause I really wanna make sure whatever I say comes from the heart and I never wanna come off as like fake or um yeah, it's something that no one can like relate to. So whatever I say is, I'm just gonna say it. So, but with the script, I was like, not not necessarily like a script, but like the speech, I was going back and forth, back and forth, and I was just messing up in my own head. And it was just long story short, it's a terrible thing, terrible speech. Sounds, sounds very stressful. Very stressful, and um, yeah, I just I've never been. I think I've been good at public speaking to this day, but a lot of people don't know I get like very nervous and stuff, so it's tough. It makes two of us. Yeah? Really? Okay. Yes. Oh, wow. Nervous game. Yeah. Does your heart start beating and all that stuff? Yeah, my heart starts beating crazy. Um, but like sometimes I feel like I'm gonna pass out. It's just like oh, yeah. panic attacks, heavy panic attacks. It's insane, but. You're obviously very accomplished with quite a bit of professional life ahead of you. Is there any one goal that you have for the next phase of your career? So Mario and I Brothers is a book and that will be kind of, we want to build it more as a franchise. So moving it with Universal would be amazing, which they already have it. And then we have Step Monster, which is with Will Packer. Mm -hmm. um, the very big goal is to, I wanna build a studio. I know it's very, very far-fetched, but I, I would, I love, ambitious. I, very ambitious. I don't know about far-fetched, you've done, you've done some pretty. I've done some pretty far-fetched things, but I, I, I mean, I guess it's just, it's me. So it feels, it feels weird that I'm doing this stuff, but it's, it's cool at the same time. It's like a, it's an undescribable feeling, but yeah, I wanna I wanna build I wanna build a studio, preferably in Texas, um, for all the for all the young talents starting out, and I don't know a very a very big creative space for me to just do whatever I want and build whatever I want, and yeah. Then I saw I saw Tyler Perry's too, and I was like, ah, yeah, like that, you know, but. I, like I wanted to be just my brain spilled out into this this cool creative space that everyone can join into. After speaking with Martin, it's clear that her creative ambition isn't driven solely by a need to create, but by an opportunity and an onus she feels to build a path for others. Sure, she was lucky enough to land Blackish, but Hollywood traditionally hasn't had many roles for people who look like her. By using her voice, her connections, and her ideas, she has created opportunities not only for herself, but for many others. She might still be in her teens, but her story offers a lesson for creatives of any age on how to responsibly leverage their success. What is success? 
I believe success is relative. Like you can have success in a test that you feel like you aced or a movie that just got greenlit. I mean, it's success is uh, more of a feeling and confidence and having a, a key to move forward. Thanks for checking out this week's episode of Idea Generation featuring Marseille Martin. Remember, no matter how hard fought your success was, it's a blessing to be able to hold the door open for others. Thanks to our partners at Shopify for making this all possible. Check out their services at shopify.com slash idea.